It is showtime. Kale and Company live for a Thursday. Kind of a rainy Thursday morning. Great to have you with us here at WKXL, 1450 AM, 1039 on the FM dial in the Capital Region. 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond and streaming around the world, around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Always happy to have Dan Weed from Weed Family Automotive in Concord in studio. Dan, good morning to you. Good soggy morning. Good soggy morning (laughs) is true. Don't forget to uh, roll up those windows, you know, when you park your car for work today. At least close the sunroof. (laughs) (laughs) And and your sunroof, right, right. Yeah, if you have your sunroof open today for whatever reason. Uh, But uh, the, the big story this morning... Uh, concerns the Boston Celtics. We'll just touch on it briefly. Uh, for those of you who might be curious, might have heard a little bit about it last night before you went to bed when it was breaking. Boston Celtics coach Ime Udoka is facing disciplinary action that is expected to include a significant suspension for his role in a consensual, intimate relationship with a woman who is a member of the franchise's staff. Sources told ESPN on Wednesday night. The relationship was considered a violation of the organization's guidelines, and a decision on the length of that suspension is expected to come as soon as today, according to sources. All right, so there's, to me, you know, granted, I don't follow sports much like you do, but uh, looking at WCVB's website, and they're saying much the same, has confirmed through the league source that Udoka will be suspended. No additional de- details were immediately reported, uh, but again, it was a consensual uh, affair yep. or a relationship yeah. right. between two people. Yeah. Uh, now I understand that certain corporate uh, structures have uh, a morals clause, morals clause, or yeah. policies against right. you know how to enter employee. Uh, relationships. Right. How's that? Yeah, that, that, that's well put, Dan. Well put. And, and so, but. I understand the corporate policy, but as far as the media is concerned, mm. if somebody had a consensual relationship, how, how much is that truly somebody's uh, business? Yeah. Uh, I guess when you're a public figure who is also uh, dating a very public figure in uh, Nia Long, the, okay. the actress, yep. who, I mean, this is, this is uh, stuff that... Uh, TMZ salivates uh, over, you know? <laughs> All the good stuff. Oh, boy. I'll tell you, they are very excited about this. I'm sure you got a high-profile NBA coach whose team made it to the finals last year. Yeah, for the first time in 12 years. And, and apparently a, a very accomplished Hollywood actor, beautiful one, too, uh, Neil Long. I, I really don't have any familiarity with what she's done uh, in terms of her, uh, you know, her career. But apparently she's been out there for a long time. She dated Will Smith well, at, at one time. So, yeah. you know, that's uh, one of her claims to fame anyway. I fame guess. by or association. Maybe, or maybe one of his claims to fame. I don't know. Uh, but it is not believed here. This according to Adrian Wojnarowski from uh, ESPN, their senior NBA insider. It isn't believed that Udoka's job is in jeopardy, sources said. Uh, Udoka's uh, uh, top assistant coach, Will Hardy, uh, left the team in June to become the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Uh, another Jazz finalist, Celtic assistant Joe Mazzula, would likely be in serious consideration for an interim role should there be a lengthy 
suspension. Yeah. So this this really uh, this is uh, knocking everything off the front page uh, this morning in the Boston sports world and news world for that matter. I mean, given given the position of the Celtics and how well they've been doing, you know, it's not a surprise. And to lose your head coach, your right. your, your leader, so to speak, then then why not? You know, that's it is. And and uh, so just so we know that Nia Long and I guess probably the movie that I'd know her best for is Big Mama's House. Okay, uh, Big Mama's House. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air for TV shows. Oh, see, so I guess that's why watch. how she came to date Will Smith, right? Yeah, uh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, and uh, Love Jones, Soul Food, and The Best Man. So there's a few. Those are some of her credits yeah. for Nia Long. And uh, we we shall see how this all plays out. It's very interesting. Uh, Robert Sarber, who uh, was uh, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, who was suspended for. Uh, some disorderly conduct in his organization. He was suspended by the NBA for a year and fined uh, $10 million for his frequent use of uh, you know, a, a racial slur, let's say, uh, among other things, among other things. So he's probably like a very happy guy this morning. Yeah, uh, and, and, and you know this is kind of blown over now. That was like a week ago. Well, That's yeah. yesterday's the, news. The spotlights right? off him. Yeah, now, and right? now it's Pressure's the off. Ime Udoka, uh in the uh, in the crosshairs <laughs> of the NBA. So uh, I don't know. This is unprecedented. I've never heard of this. I, you can't tell me there hasn't been uh, another coach, another manager, whatever a team owner. in the history, team owner in the history of sports that hasn't had. An extramarital affair with a staff member. Well, even if it's yeah. not an extramarital yeah. affair, just a yeah. relationship, yeah. A, a consensual right. relationship right. like that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they they are not I, married. Ask They've, Bob Kraft. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I don't believe they're married. Uh, uh, okay, Ms. Long and uh, and Ime Udoka. So that's her name, right? Mia Long. Yes. Yeah. Nia Long. Nia, Nia, yes, Nia Long. But they've been in a long standing, they have a child together, and uh, here's Robert Sarver, this is the guy that was uh, suspended right there, we held it up to camera three. Yeah, okay, Uh, And he he has begun the process to sell both his NBA Phoenix Suns and the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury, Uh So, so there you go. But now the heat is on the Boston Celtics, and who might step in if Ime Yadoka is indefinitely suspended? Could Brad Stevens, who is now you know running the basketball operation, could he step back and uh, coach the team on an interim basis? Let's bring Larry Bird back. Or Why not? Like you know, to make a splash. You know, make them turn a turn a negative into a positive or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is going to dominate. Uh, you know, now you know. Uh, who cares if the Patriots lose to the Ravens on Sunday? We've got Eme to talk about, right? The, the who? Uh, yeah, and, and the Red Sox, they've had a dismal season, mm-hmm. but now they're they're wiped off the front page of the sports section uh, with this uh, Eme scenario. So we'll see how it all plays out. Speaking of the sports, though, there's yeah. something on, on the front page of the Concord Monitor you, this morning? This, uh, and, I, and again. Because uh, I, I, we grew up with this, so we, I think this is really interesting. Oh, we have to mention this. You know who's in the state, folks? And if you have the Concord Monitor with you today, you, you will know because Ray Duckler has a front-page article. Now, the name probably won't be familiar to you because it was not to me, uh, and I don't know that it will be with very many people, but his name is Vinko Bogataj. Vinko Bogataj. You may know him better as 
the agony of defeat right. in the open of ABC's Wide World of Sports, which was on years ago, 52 years later, infamous Wide World of Sports ski jumper Vinko Bogataj visits fans in New Hampshire. Isn't that great? He was in Hopkinton the other day because Hopkinton. there's a picture of him. Right around the corner. Yeah, so pick up a Concord monitor. And they have a picture of the jump in question yep. where the ski jump went wrong and he slid for hundreds of yards and uh, you know, came away, uh, amazingly enough, uh, relatively injury-free, apparently. Right, right. Did not pretty, have pretty, a whole lot of severe injuries. Pretty much walked away from it. Of course, the safety yeah. equipment back then isn't what it was today. Right, and, right. But, it, you know, the vivid memories. I can't tell you what the, you know, I can tell you what the agony of defeat is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just him coming off that ski jump in a... A, a ball of a person, you know, yeah. just tumbling like like none other. Uh, the victory of defeat, I don't remember what that was. And and like, uh, yeah, the thrill of victory. I Thr- forget what it was used as the thrill of victory, yeah. but we certainly know what the agony <laughs> of defeat was. That ski jumper uh, tumbling and tumbling with the, you know, with the skis and you know, the crowd clearing out of the way, you know, and he was coming in their direction. I mean, that, that, that open for Wide World of Sports was used for years, years and years. I, I think for the the entirety of, of the oh, show. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think you're right. And uh, you know, Jim McKay was the host of that show. And, Howard you know, Cosell. That was, we were talking about the, yeah, he was on it. It's a big part of it with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we're talking about this off the air, Dan, and that was on Saturday, must-watch television. Right. It really was. You know, you sat around with your family and, uh, there were some things that came on that everybody gathered around the TV to watch, and that was it. Yeah, the wide world of sports. Right. Uh, well, Nana's Lawrence Welk, you know, we, yeah. we couldn't bother right. Nana no, during no, Lawrence absolutely Welk. absolutely not. No, no. And, and then, of course, uh, she needed wild, her wild animal Lauren kingdom. Fix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marlon Perkins. Marlon Perkins with yeah. Wild Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and uh, so many other TV shows that you sat around and watched with the with the family, some of which you, you really didn't want to watch. But <laughs> the Y World of Sports was one you did. And I'm going to tell you, Dan, right after we come back from the break, what my favorite thing during Y World of Sports was. Okay. All right. I'm not even going to tell you during the break. I want to keep you in suspense as well. Perfect. But we are going to talk cars. Eventually. We are, we're going to we're <laughs> going to mention the E word, too. Yeah. Uh, which dur- one? <laughs> <laughs> During the course of the program today. <laughs> Not E-May. The E word, I said. Dan Weed is with us. It is Kale & Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Time for a break. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Uh, welcome back, Kale & Company, for the final hour's of summer 2022 counting down they're winding down i think it's 804 p.m when we uh turn uh, the page to uh, autumn so enjoy the final few hours of summer in the rain <laughs> summer rain i think johnny rivers had a song about that years ago uh so we mentioned Ime adoka we mentioned uh how did that cut you know how did that get out anyway with Ime? you know who told who uh, right oh um, boy you know you know TMZ, where, where did it come from uh, tmz is going to be all over that aren't they well did tmz well, pay somebody to break the news well you don't know uh, start the rumor don't know hmm. perhaps perhaps the person went right to tmz who knows or maybe they went to adrian Wojnarowski of espn <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But we, we do know that uh, uh, ski jumper Vinko Bogataj is in New Hampshire. 
I think that's really interesting. I'd, I'd like to uh, I know. hear his story on it's, that. Ray Duckler gets all the scoops, well, you did. know? Yeah. Why didn't they tip us off? I mean, you know, Ray got tipped off. We, we could have had him in studio this morning. It would have been fun because, look, he's, he's pictured here. Uh, Victor Bogotage talks with his grandchildren as they translate for him during his interview at the home of William McCrillis in Hopkinton on Tuesday. So... William, you could have called us and, and told us that you had uh, Vinco in your home. Apparently, there's a, a golf event in Grantham tomorrow and an awards ceremony. And then uh, dinner Saturday night is going to be at the Fireside Inn in West Lebanon. I mean, this is all public knowledge because it's, it's in the paper today, thanks to Ray. Uh, but at any rate, uh, they're getting together with some other great ski jumpers from uh, New Hampshire. So that, uh, that'll be interesting. That's one thing that we don't often think about is that the, the history of ski jumping here in New Hampshire goes back a right. long way. And one of the uh, interesting things about it, and we do a lot of travel up to the North Country, but yeah. uh, in Berlin, uh, a number of years, well, just a handful of years ago, they had uh, refurbished a ski jump there in Berlin or on Route 16 and up to 13 Mile Woods. But now they've uh, gotten a, a grant program going, uh, and they're refurbishing the landing area so that they'll be able to continue to use that ski jump uh, for college practices wow. and some college tournaments as well. So, Interesting. Uh, and it's it, it's kind of neat every time we go by there to see the progress going on. But, yeah, the Berlin ski jump, uh, been there for many, many years yeah. and a, a long history with it. I think uh, on their, I forget what anniversary, I want to say 100th, but I don't know if that quite there yet. Uh, they had a famous ski jumper, uh, a lady come in and do a ski jump for that particular day. Um, it's very exciting to watch. I used to love that, you know, during the Olympics or during the wide world of sports. I mean, because the wide world of sports, for those who don't recall, uh, was on at a time. Uh, I mean, it was like five, five o'clock, five thirty on a Saturday, but I didn't mean that time like that. I meant in an era when there, you know, certainly wasn't nearly the amount of sports on television that there is now. You had to tune into the wide world of sports, basically, yeah. to find out what was going on. Exactly. That, that was yeah. your weekly sports update to watch yeah. that. Yeah. And Because we, we didn't have Monday night, Thursday night, Wednesday night, Saturday night, Sunday night football and Correct. stuff like that, or, yeah. or baseball. or you know, And you had, you had one opportunity to watch NASCAR. And it was part of wide world of sports, or, or Chris Economaki. Do you remember yeah, Chris exactly, Economaki yes. was the track, <laughs> uh, the track guy in the pits, and yeah. uh, and uh, but it was uh, you know a, a great show because you didn't have it was prior to ESPN and all the other uh, sports outlets there are now. And as Dan said, you're lucky to get you know one or two football games on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and certainly weren't as many baseball telecasts as there are now, or telecasts of any sport. Uh, for that matter. So the wide world of sports encompassed everything, you know, spanning the globe. You know, yeah, there to, you go. <laughs> to bring you the constant variety of sports, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, who's in New Hampshire right now. Uh, and Muhammad Ali, it says here in the article, once asked uh, Vinko Bogataj for his autograph. Wow. Well, yeah. How about that? But my favorite thing on, uh, on wide world of sports came from West Islip, New York. And that was the uh, barrel jumping. Barrel People jump. on skates. Oh, yeah. Barrel jumping. <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason, uh, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Maybe that was before your time. You're a lot younger than I am, Dan Weed. Uh, but uh, that, I used to love the barrel jumping from West Islip, New York. Hmm. I wonder if they still have it. 
in West Islip. I just think that's probably a Googleable thing, right? Every, if, everything's if that's online, such a word. Right. But uh, at any rate, Dan Weed is with us. Enough about that. But there's so many things going on today. But uh, Dan Weed is here from uh, Weed Family Automotive. And uh, Dan, you sent me an article a couple of weeks back about one of your favorite topics. Yes. And that is ethanol. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've said for years, and I really didn't have a a lot of, if you will, scientific background to it uh, or justification to it. It was just my personal experience and my opinion. And I've always said that, you know, it was questionable about, you know, ethanol and its benefits uh, in, in our, in the automotive industry and also, you know, in other gasoline powered industries, you know, mm-hmm. you know, outdoor power equipment, uh, snowmobiles, motorcycles and stuff like that. And I, I like to follow a couple of different news agencies that I feel are, uh, unbiased and provide you with the information you need to, uh, form your own opinion. And so, uh, Reuters had come out with a, a great, uh, special report about uh, the U.S. ethanol plants and their production. And it kind of ties into, I guess, the whole let's get away from the fossil fuels type of thing. But, you know, ethanol is then a byproduct of farming as well, too. So, you know, the whole purpose of, you know, whether you you know want to look at electric vehicles, ethanol, and, and all down the line is to lessen our dependence on fossil fuel. Terrific. You know, uh, I get it. It's a great idea, but let's portray everything for what it should be. So interestingly enough with Reuters and their special report, um, it went on to say, you know, much like electric vehicles, you know, we're told that it fixes a specific problem and makes this much better. And in both cases it does, but let's look at the big picture. Let's look at what I call the cradle-to-grave picture. You know, what does it take to, in the case of ethanol, it's an alcohol base, so you need corn to make this. So let's look at, guess what, to plant the corn, to harvest the corn, to bring the corn in, to make the ethanol itself at the plant level, and then to put it into our fuel and distribution system. And so Reuters went on to say, in particular, uh, about the ethanol plant emissions. And... I'll quote this, and the average ethanol plant chuffed out 1,187 metric tons of carbon emissions per million gallons of fuel capacity in 2020. The latest year data is available. The average oil refinery, on the other hand, by contrast, only produced 533 metric tons of carbon. Less than half. Right, right, right. Well, so not only do you have carbon emissions, and, and, and so... Why, why are the oil refineries only producing half? And so the article goes on to say that the ethanol plants to be able to operate efficiently uh, have been given a waiver by the EPA, mandated by Congress, yeah. so that they don't have to follow the same pollution regulations on their ethanol production facilities as the oil refineries do. And some of the ethanol plants have been grandfathered, right? So they don't yes. have to live up to those standards, exactly. correct? Yes. Yeah. And again, you know, that was brought in uh, by a mandate through the EPA, uh, forced by Congress. Um, and so everything comes down. So, yeah, so the oil refineries have a completely different standard that they have to follow 
versus the grandfathered ethanol plants. It's amazing. So Isn't they, that amazing? And, and this has been, it was mandated in 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And, and on top of that, the agency has exempted more than 95% of the uh, U.S. ethanol plants from the requirement through a grandfathering provision that excused plants built or under construction before the legislation passed. So you could, if you will, have a future ethanol plant, maybe do a quick groundbreaking, and then yeah. now that plant is grandfathered. Yeah. Because you had started that, construction. If that groundbreaking was before 2007, right? right? Yep. yep. Yeah. So ethanol plants, just just so we set the record straight here, as you just did, they produce more than double the climate-damaging pollution than the nation's oil refineries. Correct. But by double. Right? Double. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Today, these, these particular plants produce more than 80% of the nation's ethanol. Mm. So the ones that have been grandfathered, the ones that are grandfathered, yes, wow. correct. Wow, and and they're polluting this country more than our oil refineries, right. of which we don't have enough in this country to begin with. But you know, maybe down the road someday we'll we'll have more. <laughs> we'll get there and be someday. energy independent uh, once again. Well, we'll find out soon. It's Kale and Company live here. Dan Weed is in the house. Weed Family Automotive, conveniently located at 124 Store Street. In Concord, you can uh, give them a call right now. Bobby and Charlie, are they standing by today? Uh, Bob, Bobby is there. To, Bobby Charlie, is there. Charlie's off today. Charlie is off. All right. Uh, 603-225-7988. And if you want to call us, you, if you have a question for Dan, 603-224-1450 or 1450, just like on your AM dial, WKXL and NHtalkradio.com. Back with Dan Weed right after these words. Kale and Company live here as we wind down the summer of 2022, which uh, I think uh, weather-wise, Dan Weed was a pretty good one. We didn't have, we maybe didn't have enough rain. We're getting some today here on uh, the final day of summer. Uh, didn't have enough rain. We had uh, almost a record a 100 degree days right. during the course of summer, but yeah. by and large, the weather was pretty good. Yeah, it I was thought, enjoyable. You know, you know, we got some good activities uh, yeah. out this this summer and enjoyed the the hot summer. It, it was a, a little rough in the shop for a few weeks, as it normally I can imagine, is. But yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, here we are into the the fall equinox tonight, and right. uh, we're starting with a couple of cool days. And I'm starting to notice uh, the trees are changing. Uh, maybe for my liking a little too soon. I'm not ready for fall yet but, or to, to give up the summer yet. So. Right, right. So uh, just for those who are tuning in, uh, just to update uh, the day's top story, and this this is uh, came through at 5.39 a.m. So this is the latest on uh, Ime Adoka, uh, who uh, apparently had an improper relationship with a female member of the Boston Celtics staff. Ime is the head coach according to Sham Sharania of The Athletic, who describes that relationship as, and I quote here, intimate and consensual, end quote. Sources tell Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN that no final decision has been made on the length of Yudoka's suspension, but the team has internally discussed scenarios that would keep the head coach out for all of the 2022-23 season, hmm. all of it, and, and to what to what benefit of to the team is that you know is this to say that uh, all right, 
nobody else can do this type of thing, or, or if you do uh, violate the team rules, then there's going to be harsh punishment yeah. for it. I mean, all this and, punishment would be coming from the team right? and not the league. Not so the it's league. an internal decision. And it says here that Yudoka uh, doesn't appear to be in danger of losing his job. Interesting. So it seems so, like, I, I don't know. Because he could, in, in, in theory, he could go coach for another team. Uh, Probably not during the suspension. I mean, he is under contract. Right. I mean, if they fired him, outright fired him, yes. then he could go and, uh, you know, check out the job market and wait for an NBA coach to be fired. <laughs> uh, but uh, he currently is under contract to the Celtics. So uh, the suspension, I don't know whether it would be a paid suspension, unpaid suspension, haven't gotten that far yet. But I mean, this is gonna this this trumps everything now in the Boston sports scene. No, Boston news scene as right. well. Exactly. I mean, it was the lead story on all the Boston TV channels this morning, uh, as it will be tonight, I'm sure. Well, as the team's yeah. getting geared up for for camp now too for their season coming up. Season's coming oh. right up, and interestingly enough, Dan, media day, media day is coming up on Monday. Ah. For the Celtics. So we're not going to talk anything about the players, but we're going to talk about the coach. Pro- probably not. Probably not much. That's where the focus is going to be. How are you guys going to do without Ime, you know? Who's going to take his place? Yeah, who's going to take his place? Will Brad Stevens come down from the front office and uh, be the head coach again? Who knows? But it, it certainly gives a lot of fodder for the uh, always hungry Boston sports media. There you go. But this is, a, this is a national story. I mean, if it was any... You know, most any other NBA coach that had, you know, a wife and kids and what have you, it, it'd, be, it'd be a story. But because it's Ime Adoka who is involved with a Hollywood star, a Hollywood celebrity, mm-hmm. then, you know, that makes it an even bigger story. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So you just add, add uh, a little extra frosting on that cake. Oh, <laughs> man, I'll tell you, the, the, the media's going to love this one. They'll be <laughs> eating this up for weeks. I mean, this is a real gift. It's like Christmas in uh, September <laughs> for, for media members and gossip columnists and you name it. Oh, I, I, I'm waiting for the New York Post to come out tomorrow. And and they and they will they will probably speculate on who the mystery woman is <laughs> in the Celtics front office, you know? I mean, I don't know how many female employees the Celtics have. I mean, it's probably not a huge number. Probably not a huge you number. You never know. I mean the, the internal organization is there's certainly a lot more in the background going on than we often realize. Right. We, we only see yeah. the front line uh team players sure. and whatnot. And, and we don't coaches, see what it yeah. takes to to, to run a team. I mean, obviously right. you and I had done some work in Manchester for a while. I, in particular, got to see a lot of what it takes to uh, yeah. operate something run like a that. a hockey team, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, but to see it on a national level like that, yeah. uh, on, on a premier team, yeah. there's got there's so much more going on to, oh, sure. to make these events happen than we even care to realize. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it was a cheerleader. I don't know. Uh, it could be. Uh, who knows? The water girl. Everything is going to be speculation until somebody gets the story behind the story. Somebody will break it, and uh, you know, it'll be something that'll be talked about. Uh, I mean, this is like uh, when the the Wade Boggs scandal came out with Margot Adams uh, years ago, back in the eighties. Right. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, we were talking about ethanol, 
And now ethanol is what, maybe like 10% in, in our gas? We are, we are allowed right now 10 and in some cases up to 15%. Uh, so they're talking about an, an increase again. I haven't seen it around here. I think it's out in you know other parts of the country with the E85 that's out there. But again, the, the benefit does it truly outweigh the, the cost of production? And, you know, given the now what we know through Reuters and their special report, the ethanol plants and the production are churning out twice as much as the oil refineries because of congressional mandates that allow these plants to be grandfathered in and waivers provided for emissions regulations. You know, in the EPA's, again, this is uh, from that Reuters report, the EPA's resolve to rein in ethanol emissions faces a new test this year as congressional mandates are expanding, biofuels expire, uh, placing the future of the RFS at the agency's discretion. So, again, they, they might be able to just turn a blind eye and renew these uh, grandfathered-in plants. Yeah to continue to run. Uh, The EPA is expected to propose regulatory changes later this year, but has yet to publicly detail any provided, you know, revisions to that. Um, And it's just amazing that, you know, these plants that are out there um, produce as much carbon emissions as they do. You know, it does, you know, ethanol does provide some benefits. You know, we don't hear about water in the fuel anymore because ethanol is an alcohol base. So there is your dry gas as we know it built into your fuel. So we don't see that like we used to. Um, so there's no more Christie dry gas yeah. anymore. No, yeah. I mean. Mr. Christie has gone out of business. Long gone. Yeah. He, he's now a, he's an ethanol producer now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I know it's it's been an issue and, and I know that you have never Never been a fan of uh, ethanol. Well, we, we see the backside of it. We yeah. see that, you know, yeah. and the, the, the article doesn't even get into a lot of that is the cost of repairs uh, and how it's increased because of damage from the ethanol. When it first came out, we were seeing uh, injector problems. We were seeing sensor problems. Uh, long-term stuff that we're seeing now is particularly in the fuel systems themselves. Uh, a lot of companies have gone over to uh, plastic gas tanks, uh, plastic fuel pumps and fuel pump housings. And so the ethanol will eat at these plastic components, uh, particularly the fuel pump assembly that we see. And uh, it then pro- you know, pr- provides a what we call an evaporative emissions leak when these pieces corrode or crack. Uh, as the ethanol eats away and decomposes the plastic, we now have check engine lights on and emissions leaks. Uh, you take it a step further and you look at the outdoor power equipment industry. Mm. Um, the number one factor is the carburetors in these engines. They're small enough that they don't run fuel injection like we do. So they're even more susceptible to problems in the outdoor power equipment industry. And then you talk about the power sports industry with snowmobiles, motorcycles, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And you start to see the same thing over and over again there as well. Mm. So there are many ramifications to this. Yes. Uh, not just, uh, you know, the pollution that it creates, right. but the difficulties that it creates for uh, anyone who has a vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, for one thing. 
uh, anyone who has a snowmobile, right. a lawnmower, uh, you name it. Yeah, and you yeah. know, we take it even a step further, and you look at the the general aviation industry. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're still running uh, 100 what they call LL fuel, so low lead fuel. They have not come up with a solution for a unleaded avgas without damaging the existing equipment out there. Hmm. Well, uh, there are all kinds of issues created by ethanol, and uh, but that is a thick report that it is. Uh, Reuters produced. It is. They did a great job writing this yeah. up. Again, you can form your own opinion to it, uh, but I think you know we need to stop focusing so narrowly on the reduction of emissions and look at the entire picture yeah. and get a, a better idea of what's really going on. And still no comment from the White House. Nothing. It is uh, 8.45. It is Scale & Company live here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Dan Weed and I will be right back. Don't you dare go away. Kale and Company live for this Thursday. Final day of summer. Autumn comes our way a little after 8 o'clock. Uh, by the way, if you uh, want to hear this show again, or if you missed uh, you know, a great portion of it, you'll want to tune in at 7 o'clock tonight. WKXL. And uh, it'll be the same program. Over and over again, um, but but uh, but, but but better. You know, it's yeah, like leftovers. It, it, they're it better. Is. You know, yeah. And you have that leftover uh, pasta and yeah. sauce, and it it always seems to be better like the next day. I do. You know, and maybe, uh, maybe the show will be better when it runs at seven o'clock. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> There's always that possibility. I suppose. Yeah, Cat will edit out yeah. all our good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so fall is on the way, Dan, and. Uh, if you're listening to the 7 o'clock version of this, it's, it's uh, in a matter of minutes from now. But uh, what should people think about in terms of uh, car maintenance when it comes to uh, fall and then, and then winter? Sure. I mean, it, there's a bunch of great things. You know, first, first and foremost for me is that, you know, it's getting the daylight hours are shorter and shorter. So one thing is lighting. Let's make sure all the lights are work. Make sure, you know. If you want, if you're having a hard time seeing at night, as some of us more mature people do, uh, there are some different options for lighting upgrades these days, and uh, different regular halogen bulbs that you can get, as well as some LED upgrades that would be a great idea, which work nice. And then uh, vision is, is again quite important. So a good set of wipers, some get some winter wipers on there, and then uh, some basic in-car and under-the-hood maintenance. So make sure that. Oil changes all up to snuff, so you don't have to worry about that in the winter months, uh, particularly the cabin air filter. Mm -hmm. This time of year, all those furry little critters are looking for a nice, warm place to sleep. And more and more often this time of year, we start to see uh, nests built in engine air filters and the cabin air filters and whatnot. So it's a great idea, at least once a year, if you haven't already, to change that cabin air filter. And uh, maybe take some preventative measures as you do. You know, a lot of times we'll put a... Uh, a dryer sheet in there to help deter the, the mice and whatnot, and that seems to help a bit. And then, of course, let's talk about uh, when you get into that roadside situation, you've got a breakdown or whatever, and you've got to call somebody. So make sure that you know in the glove box, maybe you have a list of phone numbers because we don't always have great cell service everywhere, and we come to rely heavily on our cell phones that they work 
anywhere and everywhere. And guess what? There are some places that oh, yeah. they don't work. Very true. So, you know, maybe a, a quick list of phone numbers to your, your repair shop, to a, a local towing company, something like that, that you could pick up and call if you had to. And, or, you know, you can put it in your phone and store it somewhere. And then in case you do break down, let, let's analyze the situation. One of the things that I see more often than not is cars broken down and particularly on the highway folks is that you get out of the car, you're looking around and whatnot. And you know, it's one thing to get out and figure out what's going on. And if you got to change a flat tire, then let's be safe about it on the side of the highway or the side of the road in general. But you know, if you have to call a tow truck to get towed, stay in the car. The safest place for you to be is inside that car. Uh, you know, we've seen all too often with uh, state police cruisers, with the, the road crews and whatnot, uh, and even the accident cleanup crews, the first responders, that people just aren't paying attention the way they should, you know, to what's happening, and all of right. a sudden you create a secondary accident. But for the, safe, the safest place in my mind for you to be, if you're waiting for a tow truck, unless there's a safety issue with that vehicle, maybe catching on fire or whatever, the best place for you to be is in that car. Stay, Stay in, in the in vehicle. The car. Stay in the vehicle until uh, help comes along. Yeah. It, it provides a, a, a level of safety that you can't have or isn't provided outside that car. Uh, now, if you do have to be outside the car, make sure you're far enough away, you know, on the other side of the guardrail, whatever it happens to be, uh, but just put yourself in a safe location, a distance away from the car in case that errant driver comes along and isn't paying attention and right. creates and, uh, a, yeah. a secondary problem. There's a lot of distracted drivers these days. There is, unfortunately. we have found out. And, and people are in too much of a hurry. You know, you see a lot of the you know, police reports were due to excessive speed or yeah. whatever. And, you know, that extra five or ten miles an hour in the end, isn't going to get you there that much faster. Right. You know, so slow down, pay attention to the speed limit, and particularly the road conditions. You know, we've had a bunch of accidents over the last week or two that were due to uh, the rain and the road conditions, and things were slipperier than people expected them to be. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the last piece of the puzzle for maintenance is where the rubber meets the road. Let's talk about the tires. You know, we're coming into that season where, yeah, it's really not too early now, to put on snow tires. We're coming into October. Uh, and so it's not a bad time to start thinking ahead. You know, maybe those summer tires are getting to the end of their life. And, you know, our, our safety limit for us is two thirty seconds, mm -hmm. which in reality, you know, it's a, a safety number, but as far as how the car performs and handles, it really doesn't cut. It doesn't give you very no, much. When no, you think not of at what all. Two thirty seconds of an seconds. inch yes. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very thin. Yeah, and you're driving, you know, sixty-five, seventy miles an hour. Right, and at, at yeah. a tire at two and even right. three thirty seconds, you are much more susceptible to hydroplaning and lack of traction and control than you are with a tire with four and five thirty seconds. Now, a lot of cars have uh, all-season tires now, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm sure there are some people who still uh, utilize snow tires. Have you uh, put any on yet at Weed Family Automotive? Uh, we have, and unfortunately, in a couple of cases, it was more due to the attrition of the summer tires <laughs> than it was anything else. When you know, again, we're close enough that you know you're not that far away to throw on a set of snow tires and and, and run them for the rest of the season. But yeah, we're coming into that time of year where we're starting to do that snow tire changeover. And typically, you know, November is the, the busy month for it. 
but you know, late September or early October is really not unreasonable to be able to do that. Do they have any impact on gas mileage? They do. It's a yeah. you know the the winter tires have a completely different rubber compound than the summer tires, so it does affect the fuel mileage a little bit. And of course, that's the big thing in the winter time too. Is you know we often see concerns about lack of fuel mileage, or we've lost anywhere from three to five miles to a gallon or more, but there's also mitigating factors. You know, there's the oxygenated fuel for us in the wintertime that we deal with. Mm -hmm. There is road conditions, tires. And then, you know, one of the things that we don't often think about is that we let that car sit there and idle and warm up for an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes in the morning before we take off. And so these are all things that affect that wintertime fuel mileage. Now, what about uh, if you take off the tires and uh, have uh, snow tires on your vehicle, how about the storage for your uh, other season tires? Uh, Is the storage of those tires important and how the tires are stored? Well, you certainly don't want to leave them outside exposed to the elements in the sun, uh, but ideally inside the garage or the basement where the temperature is relatively stable, whether it's, you know, cold all the time or whatever, but, you know, someplace that's safe and whatnot, but, you know, typically when we take tires off, we put them in bags for the people that put them back in the car and whatnot, and then they can store them in the garage or the basement, you know, and certainly the ones that we see that stay outside, uh, do take a toll on the life of the tires. Yeah. And they usually rot, right? Yeah. 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 You know, that it is a rubber compound, you know, and rubber is made with petroleum products. And so, yeah, you know, you leave them out in the sun and the sun does do some damage to that rubber product. Now, what about uh, in terms of things that people should have in their vehicles, uh, particularly uh, in the winter, to deal with any issues that they may happen upon? Well, I mean, one of the things to consider is, much like they ran into Virginia last year, is that people were tied up in traffic for hours, hours, you know, 10, 12 hours at a time. So, you know, let's think about maybe having some water in the car, uh, a couple little snacks. uh, And in case you can't run your car for periods of time, Maybe a some sort of a, a safety blanket or, or you know blanket for warmth you know an extra layer of protection you know I'm probably the worst for something like that because I'm in and out of the car or truck so often that you know I'm, I'm lucky if I throw a jacket in the back seat and a pair of gloves so uh, you know to have something extra like that will give you that extra layer of protection and comfort if you do have to be in the car for periods of time. So do what he says and not what he does, exactly. folks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, we all, back in the day, we talked about having jumper cables in the car. Yeah. And they're kind of, they're still around. Uh, if you're going to buy a set of jumper cables, buy a good heavy gauge wire set of cables. I've seen all too often people go to jumpstart a car with jumper cables and they're, $10 brand or whatever it happens to be, and they just don't work. You know, when you're jump starting a car, you need to be able to transfer the current from one battery to the next uh, readily and easily. So if you're going to buy jumper cables, great. Buy a good set, you know, that's at least a, a zero gauge or better. And then the latest and greatest technology, of course, is with the lithium batteries, and we have these portable jump start packs now. Yeah. And yeah. they're relatively inexpensive. What, what do they go for? Anywhere from... $89 on up to several hundred dollars, depending on the capacity that you're looking for. Yeah. So I, the brand that I've bought recently is a NOCO brand, uh, and the, my pack was rated for 1,800 uh, amps to, to jumpstart. Right. And I can 
jumpstart anything up to a small diesel with it. And so typically, you know, I carry that around with me. Uh, I happen to have it on my motorcycle one day, yep. and somebody had a dead battery, and so we jump-started them. You came with, to their aid. With, with a portable pack. And, right there. Right. That's, what? So. Wow. That is really something. Dan Weed, always great to have you with us in studio. It's great and, to be back. Thank and, you for having me. And uh, we will talk with you real soon. And uh, folks, uh, you know, get those uh, winter tires, the snow tires on your vehicle if that's the, the route you take. And you can do it at Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. Make an appointment, 603-225-7988. Dan Weed, thanks again, and we will see you soon. Great. Take care. All right. More Kale & Company tomorrow. The Friday Fun Bunch joins us uh, right after the 8 o'clock news on Friday morning. So join us then. Have a good Thursday, everybody.